When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Score North Winter Online Auction. It's your chance to save up to 70% off on items. Like a gas furnace or water heater from Air Mechanical. Stealth trailer from Pleasureland RV. A five-night all-inclusive golf vacation to the Dominican Republic from Escape With Us Vacations. Or an ultimate yard maintenance package from Tri-State Bobcat. Bidding begins December 9th through the 15th. Go to scorenorth.com keyword auction to bid, win, and save. That's scorenorth.com keyword auction. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. Good evening. Happy Monday, Minnesota Vikings fans. A less happy Monday than we have had uh, most recently and throughout the course of this football season. This is Purple Dailies before we die on Score North. I'm Jesse Pierce getting ready for another Minnesota Wild game this evening as I'm constantly writing for NHL.com while keeping an eye on the Vikings while still trying to hold tight to my purple positivity, which is given to me courtesy of Thor Nystrom. (laughs) Hello. He's Hello. down there. There's the, there's our, our good buddy Thor. And then over here we got producer Ross who hasn't felt much pain. However, feeling a little bit of pain after a 34-23 loss at Detroit on Sunday. You guys, I want to start things off with a Bill Parcells quote that says, you are what your record says you are. The Minnesota Vikings are 10-3. and However, a loss to the Detroit Lions who are coming – they're still keeping their their livelihood around. How do we feel? What is one word to describe how we feel after that uh, taking that L in Detroit on Sunday? Frustrated. Okay. It was it was a frustrating game. They the Vikings squandered eight points in in, in a game where they only lost by eleven. Obviously, it would have been a different game there. There was numerous coverage breakdowns. I thought there was there was multiple bizarre call, play calls by Kevin O'Connell. Uh, our buddy Ed Donatel did not have a good day. Cam Bynum might have even had a worse day. Um, so it, it was just frustrating. I felt like overall the Vikings were more or less playing with them, but between squandering the, the eight points uh, on the, the the bizarre jump pass uh, call to Dalvin Cook, which we can talk about, and then the, the two-point conversion call, whatever, and then the rest of it, it was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Ross, what's only, one word for you? I only get one word. You get one word. I mean, you can, you know, Thor doesn't listen to my rules ever, but yes, he'll explain your one word, but just straight up one word to summarize the L to the kitty cats. I'll go with opportunity, but now I'm going to explain that in greater context. Yeah. It's just a, it's a missed opportunity and it hurts 
even more when you see San Francisco pull within one game of you for the number two seed later on that day, which then, of course, also makes me look bad because for a month now I've been saying the two seeds almost a virtual lock. I still believe that it is, but that took a little bit of a hit. It's just a missed opportunity to clinch the division. And anytime you we know they're going to clinch the division, the Vikings are going to win the division. But anytime you can do this stuff sooner rather than later, it can really help set you up for the final weeks. This is a team that we now know and can say with great certainty, they're going to play the first week of the playoffs. It would be nice to get your seating established and get your division wrapped up as soon as possible. So week 18, when you're going to that awful atrocious field in Chicago, AKA soldier field, you don't have to play anybody of real significance. So it's a missed opportunity right there. And I know uh, since Thor doesn't pay attention to your rules, I won't either. It's just annoying. It was, we all should have seen it coming. And I think I said, I think I said last week on the podcast that it makes sense that the Vikings would lose this game, but this is the 2022 Vikings. So they'll win it. That looked an awful lot like the Vikings of old, but it is what it is. I didn't expect them to win out. I didn't think they'd finish the year 15 and two in a weird way. I'm kind of glad they're not going to finish the year 15 and two. Because if this team would have finished 15 and two and not had the number one seed, I would have been PO'd. <laughs> so at least in this case, that scenario won't present itself. But opportunity and annoying. Thank Fair. you for letting me uh, do my best Thor impression. I mean, I had no other way to stop you. So you're welcome. Uh, I would have stopped you. Could I have? But I didn't. We need uh, to get you the Tony <laughs> Reale muter, muter and buzzer from I like around it. the horn. I like it. I will stick to my own rules. Um, and. It's not the nicest, but expected, you know, Detroit was favored, right? And I had said last week time and again, the last time a team was favored and Minnesota Vikings fans were upset about it. It was Dallas. I mean, there's something to say about that. They knew that uh, Detroit was going to come in hot. I like the way that Detroit has been playing as of late. I mean, they're playing desperate, desperate football backs against the wall. Um, so you knew they were going to give it everything you got. And I kind of was curious as to, the Minnesota Vikings mental approach to the game. Again, we had heard about the hat and t-shirt game and kind of almost a feeling that maybe the Vikings weren't taking their opponent nearly as serious as they, they should have. Um, and again, you know, we alluded to all the things that kind of went wrong for Minnesota and Detroit was the better team yesterday. It's not even a, a loss that you can be upset about because you know, it, it Detroit was the better football team. End of the day. That's what, what matters. Uh, Minnesota Vikings have given up 400 plus yards in five straight games. Now you guys 464 yards uh, to Detroit alone. This is a new franchise record. We have been harsh down until we apologize to Ed. We apologize to him once upon a time. We're going to take that apology back all over again, because it's just absolutely atrocious. And I think you saw a little bit of KOC's lack of trust in the defense as well. I mean, when you have an onside kick, that shows that you're not putting your full faith. What do you guys think? What else can we say kind of to voice the displeasure, if you will, about this defense? And now Kevin O'Connell did say today on Monday, he's not considering any coaching or staff changes. So while it's fun to yell and riot and hoo-ha that we want Ed gone, we know that's not going to happen. So at this juncture in the season with 13 games under your belt, how incredibly frustrating and disappointing is it that the defense continues to almost tumble downward a little bit? It, yeah, it was super frustrating. The uh, the dreaded vote of confidence for our buddy Ed Donatel. Uh, I mean, Detroit, they they didn't try to run a whole bunch. I, 
that's not necessarily a positive. It was because they were gouging the Vikings through the air whenever they wanted to. And the thing with the too high shell, like you're expecting not to give up the explosive passing plays. They gave up a procession of them. Uh, one of them, the most frustrating one was when uh, um, uh, Jameson Williams ran, yes. yeah, ran right by Cam Bynum, like literally was within inches of him. And Cam Bynum, it was like he didn't even see him. He, he was locked in on, on on the thing in front of him on the, on the field. And then Jameson Williams, his first touchdown catch in the NFL is the easiest touchdown he will have his entire career. Um, and, and not to mention, Campbell had set everybody up saying, Jameson Williams is going to be a big part of this team right now in this game. And I mean, we knew it. We talked about that. Like, oh, Jameson Williams, maybe watch him. Like, we knew that there was, I mean, that was one simple job and to have him wide open for that 41-yard touchdown. It was just, like, absolutely mind-blowing. And that kind of set the precedent for the rest of the game without question. Here's how you know you're having a rough day and that it was a rough day at the office. The opposing team flat out tells you what they want to do and they do it. They then also put their eight foot, 500 pound tackle in motion, bring him across field and bring him across the field and throw him essentially what ended up being the game winning first down pass. (laughs) That's how, you know, you haven't had a great day and you're being trolled. Jesse, I don't, we've talked about this before and I'm glad you brought it up. They're not going to fire him at 10 and three team regardless of how they got there and what the biggest problems are, is not going to fire a coordinator in the middle of December unless something has gone drastically wrong and that person maybe made some bad personal choices in their life. He's not losing his job, nor should he probably lose his job. As I've said multiple times, I think the scheme is bad. I think the scheme is borderline stupid. I think we're naive, though, if we look at the 11 players he's trotting out every week and we expect those 11 players to be able to get it done. Guys, I don't care what the scheme is. For Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter to disappear for games at a time, mm-hmm. is some of that on Ed Donatel? Yeah, I'm sure it is. But Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith are talented enough to find the quarterback in any scheme, and they're not doing it right now, and that exacerbates the problems. Then you have all the injuries. You have guys in and out of the lineup. You throw that in with a scheme that I'm just not sure is all that playable in today's NFL. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if he had 11 better players, maybe it would be. But it's it's really not going to change much. I think all you can hope for is that guys get healthy and the defense just gets incrementally better to the point that when they go into the playoffs and you think, okay, if they can hold – the San Francisco 49ers, the Seattle Seahawks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if they can hold them to 24 or less, maybe we like our chances, but I'm not even confident they can get to that point. You mentioned the injuries and obviously the big one that probably made a difference in the game against Detroit, obviously Harrison Smith. Now he had been sick early in the week, uh, has a neck injury. Kevin O'Connell said today that he is progressing. Go ahead. Say your joke. Go ahead. Or that it was from whiplash or watching the lines go up and down the field. <laughs> I know. was I was initially going to say, did he sustain the neck injury while heaving? Because apparently he was sick last week. But I like Thor's joke a lot better. There you go. But uh, we'll see what happens with him. That game coming up this weekend flex to a Saturday uh, against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, good news on an injury front, however. Garrett Bradbury and Christian Derrissaw are expected to return on Saturday in that game against the Colts, which is very, very exciting. Um, do you guys think, I mean, obviously we all know how vital 
uh, Harrison Smith is. He's an all pro candidate without question. Do you think that things would have been dramatically different yesterday considering Smith was, was out? I mean, when the defense as a whole um, didn't look great, they were very leaky. However, Kirk Cousins, one of his best games we've seen him play all season. Yeah, in, in both regards, yeah. I mean, the, the safety play yesterday was an abomination. Uh, Mattel has played marginally better than than Cam Bynum, but that was just because the bar of, of Bynum's play yesterday was literally on the floor. You mentioned that the Penny Sewell catch at the end, which, which clinched the game for the Lions. That was another blown coverage and blown assignment by Cam Bynum. Like on that play, when Sewell starts to motion across the formation, you notice Patrick Peterson turns around and he's pointing at Bynum. Like, this is your guy. This is your guy. Get on Sewell. And Bynum, he goes the other way on the snap. And he ends up in no man's land. There was no one over on the other side of the field to cover. And, and like, literally nobody covered Penny Sewell. That's why he was he was wide open. But, like, Peterson, the veteran, you know, was uh, gesticulating at him to, to do so. Harrison Smith, obviously, between that, but between the other, and, and Bynum would have been on the field too, but his responsibilities would have been way less. Um, and hopefully it wouldn't have manifested in the same blown coverages that ended up uh, sinking the Vikings. And then on offense, I mean, the point's well taken about the injuries, you know, in the same way. The Vikings run blocking, their offensive line play wasn't great, you know, overall, but specifically the run blocking was really bad. And then Delvin Cook, like, looked like he was moving in molasses, like he was in quicksand the whole game. Um, it, it was just a bad sort of confluence of things, which forced the the thing into the, the hands of the passing game. And we do have to say, Kirk Cousins played exceptional, had an absolutely fabulous game. The 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 refs blew a couple calls. There was the one where the guy would almost tug Kirk Cousins' you know, helmet clear off his head. They didn't throw a penalty for, for some reason, whatever. But Cousins played great, and Jefferson had a vintage game. You know, he, mm-hmm. he broke the single-game record, so... That stuff was good, but yeah, the, the injuries really hurt. And when the Vikings get back to full strength, it's it's going to be a different story. Well, Justin Jefferson probably should have had a touchdown late because he never Definitely stepped out of have. bounds. And, mm-hmm. and I know that's a that's a very tough play to review because the plays come to a full stop. You can't just you can't say with one hundred percent certainty that if we didn't blow it dead, he would have scored a touchdown. Although, yeah, he would have scored a touchdown if you if you didn't blow it dead. Uh, Kirk Cousins, all he does is play well in Detroit, by the way. I mean, he yeah. just and just against the Lions in general, he loves seeing the Lions as much as the Cousins Crusaders love Kirk Cousins. So we have a group of Cousins Crusaders, Jesse and Thor. They're huge Kirk Cousins fans. Actually, Purple Daily's no stranger to them. They've been lit up with Cousins Crusaders. <laughs> over the years but they reached out to purple daily and before we die these are crazy canadians by the way their words not mine <laughs> they asked if they could celebrate this incredibly fun season with us by asking purple daily listeners to donate to kirk cousins charity very simple we said that sounds great kirkcousins.org kirkcousins.org click on the donate button donate whatever you'd like when you donate Mention it's on behalf of the Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily, KirkCousins.org, on behalf of the Cousins Crusaders of Purple Daily. Hey, look, what yesterday, notwithstanding, not a fun game, not a great game. Team's still 10 and 3, and it's been incredibly fun. So if you have mm-hmm. a few extra dollars here as this season starts to wind down, and by the way, get your tax deductible gifts in by December 31st. KirkCousins.org seems like a great way to do it. 
Can we start pooling for Donatelle's buyout as well? Yeah, there you go. Start well, how much does it cost for a website? I should know that. I'm well, in the that, business. Well, that, well, that's cheap. You can do them for free all over the place. What FireEdDonatelle.com. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll start. So, uh, look, I, I'm, I, unless this thing really crashes and burns, I'm not even convinced he'll lose his job at the end of the year. Uh, I think there will be some people that will say, well, yeah, look at what we gave him. Yeah. I, but time will tell on that one. I want to stick back with the slight positives here. Kirk Cousins, a season high, 425 yards. Uh, as we'd mentioned, a lot of those going to That's Justin Jefferson, who had 11 catches and broke Sammy White's franchise record for receiving yards, which was set in 1976. Uh, but you also guys mentioned Delvin Cook, by far the worst, 1.5 yards per carry, fewest in a game that he's ever had with at least 10 attempts in his career. Can we also talk about whatever it was having him try to play quarterback, make a throw, <laughs> the atrocity and disaster that was? It, it was so stupid. Um, <laughs> it, like the play call overall, like if, if it had gotten to third down and that's what you want to, you know, if you're at like the two yard line or the one and a half yard line, like whatever, you want to do that on third down, that's fine. But situationally, the play call made no sense. And, and this is even if it if it worked, because you're you're at the very end of the first half. Uh, there's like a minute, a minute and change, like a little over a minute left. The Lions have one timeout left. You have first, the Vikings had the ball at the three yard line, first and goal. What strategically, it is very straightforward. You run on the next play. So Detroit has to call their timeout. I probably would have run on second down two because then when Detroit gets the ball back, it's going to be with, I mean, it, you know, if they even do, it's going to be with, you know, 20 seconds or 25 seconds left and no timeouts then they can't score. But like doing the jump pass there, let's say it was successful, uh, which obviously it never even came close to being successful. But if it had, great, you score the touchdown, you tie the game. But now you're kicking the ball back to Detroit. They get the ball with more than a minute left, plus a timeout, right? So like the whole thing was just super dumb. And then the execution of the play obviously was terrible. We, we mentioned how bad the offensive line played. There was penetration immediately, but not only that, Delvin was was doing this weird meandering thing up to the line like he seemed really uncomfortable with it like even before you know you sort of figured oh it it, it they're going to try a jump pass or whatever it, it just seemed I don't know it was the way he was moving was really odd and it was he was nonchalant with the ball as well and the thing gets poked out I don't know how often they practice that thing but that that play was dead from the start and and again it's just a stupid play call within the context that it occurred. You guys are going to mock and ridicule me. Never. I say, I say this all the time, and it is largely in jest, but it's also serious. And we've brought it up on this show. If you ran that, that play through the headset, any common guy coordinator would have said, Kevin, don't run that play. That's stupid. Here, here's why. Not on the dome. Yeah, because yeah, Thor's 100% right. You run the ball the first two downs. If you don't score the touchdown first down, you get stuffed. They call a timeout second down. You get stuffed. It bleeds 40 seconds off the play clock. If you want to run that play, you run it on third down. I mean, they must've been comfortable enough. They wouldn't have called it if they weren't comfortable enough with him to throw the ball. But also again, he, hindsight's 2020 trying to grab the ball and position it right as you're about to get hit. I mean, come on, Dalvin, just eat the, eat the football and take the loss. So yeah, a lot of it's on the play call. Some of it is just on really poor execution. 
And, and really, it should have been, you know, it only turned out to be, assuming the Vikings would have gone on to score a touchdown, it, it was a seven-point swing, um, you know, or it could have been a three, you know, if, if they didn't or whatever. But it was almost even a bigger swing because then Detroit gets the ball back. As you guys recall, they drove into the Vikings' territory and were able to get off a long field goal attempt. Now they missed it, but, but like, you know, again, the downside of, of calling the play that they, that they did, giving the, the Lions the ball, but obviously, you know, the, the play turned into a travesty and they got it back even sooner, but just a stupid play call. You know, guys, we had mentioned again the you are what your record says you are. However, the Minnesota Vikings are only one of three teams to have a negative point differential and still be above 500. They have minus one, having allowed 313 points while scoring 312. And we've talked about it seemingly all season that it's not sustainable to continue to win games like this, right? I mean, it's it's just not. How much does that concern you still as the Vikings move forward on in the season as you look down the road two playoffs to have again a leaky defense an offense that's kind of hit or miss sometimes um you know just in general what are the concerns there when it comes to points allowed and uh points scored well i see it both ways i mean the, the vikings they're not a, you know they're not like a dominant they're, they're not like the most talented team in the entire league we knew that coming into the season right like all the the projections you looked around you know it was like you know, they're, oh, they're going to finish one game below 500 or like, you know, they're going to win seven games or, you know, the optimistic people would say like nine or maybe, maybe 10. Um, obviously they're, they're way overachieving because of that. And a lot of this situational stuff, it is a skill. It's a play calling skill. And then the, you know, the, the players executing those, those things as well. A lot of strategy goes into that, but obviously when you're playing that close to the margins, um, in, in situations like, you know, again, going back to the end of the first half, you punch that thing in, the, the game's tied, in, and then you're getting the ball back uh, at the beginning of the second half. I think that that game would have played out totally differently if, if the Vikings had, you know, scored there or whatever. But you make the wrong situational call, which is, has been a rarity this year, fortunately. Um, but, but that's where you see the margins go the other way, and the Vikings end up losing a game that I thought that they would have otherwise had, had a chance to win. I think that's absolutely fair. Yeah, you know, I do think, you, would you go for two? I, I didn't. I, I didn't really understand the the, the two point call. To, to to be honest with you, like you know, I I know there's some people out there that you know very aggressive and 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 whatever, but I'm not sure that the book would have said to go for it there. Um, I I wasn't really down with that decision because I mean you're down eight, just kick the friggin' extra point, <laughs> right? Like you College. lose momentum by not getting it. Thor, you know this as well as I do. College coaches love to do that when they're down two scores late because the theory being if we get the ball back, the extra point will win the game if we haven't allowed any other points. Also, analytics, people love to tell you, if you go for two, you're going to make it. I think it's, what, 52 53% of the time. I look at it and say when I'm the team chasing points, I just want the points that I feel more comfortable with. And for, for as much as I don't trust Greg Joseph. I would rather still kick the extra point in that scenario and chase the points when we need to chase the points Uh, on the defense, Jesse, back to your, your, your previous thought, the 2009 Indianapolis Colts didn't have a great defense either. Now they did have Peyton Manning. I I get that. So uh, why I bring them up is to set this up. I've said this for years. I actually heard the flagship purple daily show and Phil Mackey say this, recently and make this comparison which i think he stole from me phil no i'm kidding it's it's a very it's a it's a wide belief of many 
if the Vikings are going to win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins, and I've said this numerous times, they can do it. I do believe that. I think it's hard, but you can do it. If you're going to do it, you need a couple things to go your way. You need the defense to be playing their best football when the playoffs start. And if they're not, the moment the playoffs start, they just, they, they need to be. They can finish the year weak, that's fine. But the moment the, the, moment the playoffs start, they better be at least somewhere in the middle, which is statistically where that Indianapolis Colts defense was. Okay? You also need Kirk Cousins to get his inner Joe Flacco and Eli Manning on, where for one month, he is just, you know what, to the walls. I'm the best quarterback in this league, and I'm going to show every one of you. That's what they need. They need this defense to somehow somehow get to the middle, which I think is going to require a lot of health, a little bit of luck. And you need Kirk Cousins to basically play like he did against the Lions on Sunday. Every playoff game going forward. Will Simple. it happen? I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't believe it's going to happen, but I do think it can happen. And I'm not going to be too down about yesterday. I, I really am not. I mean, after the game, if you logically start to look at it, it made it just it made sense that they would lose the game. Part of the reason why I did end up thinking the Vikings would win is it made too much sense that the Lions would win the game. And that's mm -hmm. typically when things go the other way. But neither here nor there. Kirk Cousins needs to play like Joe Flacco did. Defense has to get incrementally better. And the Wild would win a Stanley Cup if they had two Kirill Kaprizov. Some things are just <laughs> unattainable, you know? That's a, that's a hockey joke for you folks out there, mostly I, for Thor. Honestly, though, I mean, <laughs> is anybody sitting here uh, between us and, and commenters and, on YouTube? Please, please comment. I Yesterday doesn't really change my belief that the Vikings can't go on a Super Bowl run. Because I, I've been I've been fairly wishy-washy on this team the entire way. So mm -hmm. nothing I saw yesterday was really anything different than what we've seen the first 12 games. Except we they didn't a, eke out the victory, right? Correct. We're used to them figuring out how to get the win no matter what. So. Correct. But we saw an offense that's fairly functional, has a lot of talent. And even in all those games the Vikings were winning, by the way, they still haven't lost a one-score game, the defense wasn't very good. They made some timely plays, but newsflash – what didn't happen yesterday? Mm -hmm. They didn't make the timely plays. We've said over and over and over again, that's not going to happen every game. So really nothing about yesterday changed my opinion about what this team can do going forward, other than their path maybe getting a little bit more difficult if they can't hold on to that number two seed. Yeah, I would agree. Now my favorite part of today's segment, we get to talk about Brock Purdy. The reason we get to talk about Brock Purdy and the Iowa State Cyclones, you guys, for a while, and namely Ross has said that he felt the Vikings had locked up that number two seed. Now, certainly San Francisco is the team that's kind of closing and playing well. Uh, now, behind, behind Brock Purdy, who had a fantastic rookie start yesterday against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, looked very good. Do you guys feel the 49ers are a big threat at all? Uh, and Thor, I want you to say something nice about Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant. Definitely not going to do the latter. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, they're, they're now on the that doorstep. That wasn't pretty nice. Oh. <laughs> Man, I, I hadn't heard those puns since, you know, like his early Iowa State days. And then the college guys got sick of it. And and yesterday <laughs> I was hearing them everywhere. Like every every network was like, oh, great. Um, the, uh, the Yes, you have to be, you know, at least you have to monitor the 49ers now because they've won all these games in a row. Purdy's playing well. The offense is clicking. And, you know, only one game behind. But I, but I will say, 
the and we we had mentioned this uh in the last episode but the viking schedule it 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 really gets easy now uh home against the colts that ought to be a win home against the giants is i guess probably your toughest one left then you go to the packers who stink this year and then the bears who always stink uh those are your four games left the 49ers are going to have to catch the vikings um, even if the Vikings go three and one, those last games, they probably should hold on uh, two and two. is going to get a little bit more precarious, but um, we'll see. Yeah, I think, uh, and I'll own that one. If the Vikings do end up losing the number two seed, that's on me. Just like the 2017 NFC championship game is on me when the Vikings went down the field, scored right away. And I said, holy crap, they're actually going to do it. Yeah, big, that didn't. That's didn't big work. of you to hold yourself accountable. So well. I'm proud of you. It's not on guys. That. 2017 is not on Case Keenum. It's not on the players no. on the field. It's all on me. 100%. And if the Vikings lose the number two seed, it's also on me. I will say this: San Francisco travels to Seattle. Historically, it's a tougher place to play. Hasn't been so hard on away teams the last year or two. Hopefully, it's hard on Thursday night for Brock Purdy. And if the 49ers lose on Thursday and the Vikings turn around and win on Saturday, then I think we can all feel pretty comfortable about the number two seed again. couple of ifs there, but if those play out, number two seed, baby. That would basically do it. Agreed. My sources tell me if uh, if I have uh, one good player on my fantasy football team do well tonight, I will win this week. So that's also... Obligatory fantasy football mention. I've, I've lost like three straight guys. It's been brutal. It's been a brutal year, but we're getting back on the horse. Uh, Minnesota Vikings will get back on the win train uh, again. This weekend's game flex to Saturday against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, you know, further updates for the Vikings who Blake Brendel MCL tear out a minimum of four weeks. So that will hurt. Uh, but you know, again, getting Darius Hall Bradbury back should be good. We'll dive more into oh. that. What? How do you guys feel about a noon Saturday game? I love that the NFL loves saying that it's flexed. I feel like they moved it to noon on a Saturday to bury it. hundred percent. It makes me absolutely furious. The first the first day of bowl games is on yeah, Saturday. They move this college football to watch the. Yeah, one. they move this freaking game there. Like I'm I'm watching college football. Like now, obviously, I'm going to watch the Vikings games, but it, it it just seems entirely unnecessary. College avoids NFL best it can. And the least the NFL could do is try to avoid the the, the bowl game starting, but uh, apparently not. So they don't gonna, care. Going to be a divided attention thing over here. I, I hope this is the game where the Vikings drop the hammer on an opponent and getting back to full strength and playing a crappy team with a, a coach who two weeks ago had never looked at a, you know, like from the perspective of a coach, he'd never coached before, whatever. Um, I, I think that could be the game where it happens and they run away and I yeah. pay attention to my bowl games. I'll save it for Thursday, but uh, Thor, if we're ever going to get the Vikings to score a victory, it would seemingly have to be this Saturday. But how many times have you both said that though? And we, we've all said it. I've said it as well, uh, but it just, mm, well, it's not and look, and at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. It really doesn't matter what the final score is, but it would be kind of fun to watch a second half stress-free for a change. How many times in NFL history has a team beat an opposing coach whose last name was the same day as the game was played on? I would say the Vikings have a chance. That could be a first. That's got to be, be a first, first in NFL history. It's We're got to be a first. Vikings are going for history on Saturday. Oh, got a- dumb. Thor? Wow. <laughs> well done. Let's do uh, some Before We Die, shall we, Jen? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Time now for the Before We Die crew to give us their Before We Dies. 
Guys, I finally have a good one, one that I'm fairly proud of, one that I think everybody could get on board and know it has nothing to do with Chipotle or to announce a personal Taco Bell subscription membership sort of situation. However, we had talked about Justin Jefferson not stepping out of bounds at all. Probably a touchdown easily could have changed the game. And this year in general, I find the officials are rough. Like there are big plays that they have messed up on. So before we die, I want to see fines to officials for screwing up and ruining it. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Right. I, 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 that is a call sign from Thor. This you. is so funny, Jesse. You must have been in my head because I thought about this yesterday and I've been sitting on this one for a while and maybe we've even talked about it to a no, degree. No, this is all mine. No, before, no, I'm not going with your route specifically, but before we die, the NFL is going to automate first downs. Because how many times do you see spots where the ref behind the play, because he's always behind the play. Right. These guys are always old and out of shape compared to the players that they're up, that they're, that are on the field. There's only a few that I don't want to say these guys don't take care of themselves, but there's only a few officials that look like the players on the field for the most part, right? They always come in. They're always spotting the ball a half a yard long, a half a yard short, half the times they're just looking over, they're eyeing it up and they're going like this or they're going like this. The NFL's got to automate this. It is the year 2022 approaching 2023 and we still have Duffy McDuffersons on the sidelines moving physical chains and they're never even caught up because late in the game when you're in a two-minute or four-minute offense, they're always 20 yards behind the play. They're never caught up. How is any spot ever accurate in a league where we're literally still spotting the ball manually and using a couple of dudes in chains up and down the sidelines? I, I totally, th- these have been great takes. Not m- Mine's going to be super disappointing after that, but I totally agree with Russ. Why isn't it just a laser thing? And why isn't there a freaking, uh, or not like, like uh, a uh, chef? Oh, in, we not the microchip ball. the ball. Microchip yes. the ball. Yeah. Why, why are we doing, oh, we got to see this angle. We got to see that angle. We got, if you have a freaking microchip in there, it'll just do a green light or a red light. Have you ever seen the tennis challenges? Oh. If tennis, oh, yeah. if tennis yeah. can do what they do, there's no reason the NFL with their bazillions of dollars can't get it right. By the way, I draw the line, though. The moment Major League Baseball goes to automated strike zones is the moment I will care significantly less about baseball. That's a part of the charm of baseball is each umpire's different strike zone. I draw the line at automated strike zones. But in the NFL, uh, come on, it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Top golf has them. Yeah, just make, just catch out the top golf. Yeah, just get the balls out of top so golf. True. Or get the little chip out of top golf. Exactly. I think we're onto something here, what guys. What do you got, Thor? Yeah, Thor. Um, well, my before we die is before I die, the bad karma that the Lions fans accrued yesterday is going to come back to them. When when I was a kid, or even even up to this year, the Lions, you know, it's never a team I hated. I despise the Packers with everything in my soul, and I don't like the Bears either. But like the Lions, it was always like, oh, we're cool. You know, and if I met a Lions fan, like, you know, it it was a different reaction than if I met a Packer fan, for sure. The Lions fans booing TJ Hawkinson yesterday was an absolute joke. TJ Hawkinson goes there. He makes a Pro Bowl in, in, what, his first or second season or whatever. That really doesn't happen with tight ends. TJ Hawkinson played great there throughout a really bad circumstance, like, you know, throughout his years or whatever. And then you also get draft equity for him on the way out. The Lions fans should be nothing but appreciative of, of TJ Hawkinson. 
And instead, they're they're booing them and and being ridiculous and stuff like that. I've turned on the Lions fans booing players who get traded that didn't necessarily ask to get traded is stupid we've done that here in the state of minnesota too which i which i don't like it's a it's another trend that needs to go away along with rushing the field or storming the court when you just beat an average team okay yeah fair enough yeah although i'll rush that field every time iowa state beats iowa don't care in what sport it could be in. Well, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even going to gymnastics. I'm not going to yeah. that with a risk. Although I, I take that back and try number 15 when PJ finally beats Iowa. I'll, I'll storm the there field for that. Yeah. I, I, you know, as a Kansas football fan, basically every Kansas win in the past, there's been storming <laughs> the field. Now this year they got up to six, and like a couple of the last ones they didn't storm the field. But I have to say, I, I love storming the field. So that take, I'm, I'm, I'm out on. I, I, I love the storm in the field. When we were in undergrad, there's this lake that's nearby, Potter Lake, by uh, by the Lawrence Stadium, by by the KU football stadium. You'd rip down the goalposts, and then we'd all walk out with it, you know, carrying the thing. And then the tradition was you threw it in in Potter Lake. That was a good time. Good time. Nothing like destruction and, and felonies yeah. and stuff. To Nothing celebrate. like destruction of public property and littering, <laughs> Thor. Well, right. but there's a you know it's a goalpost graveyard at the bottom of that Potter Lake. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm well, sure probably, it's probably only happened once or twice. It. Let's be honest. Well, they happen. won an orange ball when I was an undergrad. K, you did. Well, I guess Reese was on that the team. Quarterback's baby. name Reese. Todd, Todd Reese. Yeah, yeah, Todd Reese. Yeah, Briscoe was on that team as well. Yeah, coached by the great Mark Mangino, my boy. Fascinating. I yeah. love it. The Predators always booed Ryan Suter every time he came back, so that was always fun. They never. But he chose him. to leave. That, I can get behind that one. He did I mean, I still think it's stupid, but I can get behind that. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's true. I feel like Minnesotans, because we take it particularly harsh. Well, Chuck, Chuck Knobloch would know. That was the <laughs> biggest one. They were throwing, like, batteries at Chuck Knobloch and stuff like that. And, Do you yeah, remember everything. when Jim Tomey, when he was with the Twins, and they went back to Chicago, and they played, like, um, I Will Always Love You, and it was the cutest, <laughs> sweetest thing in yeah. the entire world. I was like, oh, because Jim Tomey was such, like, a yeah. good Who could view. dislike Jim Tomey? Jim Tomey, right? Like, See, that's a little... You used to pay attention to baseball, too. Uh, anyway, guys, that's going to do it for our Monday edition of Purple Dailies Before We Die on Score North. As always, great, new, fresh, different content Mondays and Thursdays with us, Jesse Pierce, Thor Nystrom, Ross Brendel. Thursday, we will break down the Saturday Minnesota Vikings game against Indianapolis. I will probably chirp Thor a few more times. Uh, you know, just the usual, just the usual good fun content uh always love interacting with you guys thank you for checking us out don't forget to drop your comments questions i want to hear what one word you would use to describe the minnesota vikings lost yesterday i want to know how you're feeling moving forward this year are they still winning the super bowl i was reminded yesterday guys by a fan no big deal uh that said on my tiktok because i have a tiktok shout out tiktok that early on in the season i had said if i made i was holding a baby deferring to another child and i threw a bag because it's called bags not cornhole um and i sunk it in one try one shot and i said if i did that then the vikings were going to win the super bowl so just saying early predictor sounds like a good yeah. thank you thank you well thank you in advance possibly possibly let's fingers crossed all right that's gonna close it out uh again thanks for checking us out tuning in don't forget to make a donation to kirk cousins in honors of the cra- cra- crazy canadian Cousins Crusaders. That I love alliteration. That's a lot. The four C's. Uh, and uh, we'll see you guys back here on Thursday. Have a great night. Bye. Go Vikings. KirkCousins.org. Hannah Pen. Pen. You're going to miss out.